Oh. I'm not into dung beetles. This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Today, we are doing part three of Why We Create. And we're focusing on the flow state. That's why we call this episode Going with the Flow, so we can take a nice cliche and cliche it more. <laughs> um, so, Ginger. Yes. Describe a, like the perfect morning in the studio and what that looks like from, from soup to nuts, as they say. So, you know, you get up and then what happens and how do you find yourself in your creative practice? For me, it starts with a good cup of local coffee. Excellent choice. And it starts with a really good pen and my morning page journal, which I have decorated myself. Oh, yeah? Well, that's cool. Yes. So why, did I, you, why did you decorate it? I hand uh, decorate my journals as a is it fun? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's super fun. Nice. And it makes me happy. And usually it involves a cat. So I collaged like a cat, you know, cat on there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not sure why, but cats are good role models. So anyway, uh, my ideal morning involves that. I, and so I head down to the studio and I get into a relaxing position. I start a candle. I mean, I, I light a candle. And then uh, maybe turn on a little soft instrumental music. Nice. In the morning, I prefer kind of a yoga type of flow, new agey kind of soft music. And then... Why, why do you pick that as opposed to, say, ACDC? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should try ACDC sometime. <laughs> but I definitely like something with no words because... I tend to start singing along or get distracted by that. Sure. So I like a little sound, but something definitely that fades into the background. Gotcha. And, uh, and then I was thinking about this morning how much I love treasure chest type of things, like looking through boxes of things and um, how I used to love going to the dentist and... <laughs> They had yes. a treasure chest afterwards. I mean, I didn't love going to the dentist, but I did love the treasure chest that you got to open at the end and pick through and get like a cool plastic ring or, yeah. or something. Oh, God, yes. um, but my boxes of collage materials remind me of that. So I love opening, if, if ever, I mean, I get, and so I'm talking about my ideal, my ideal morning in yeah, the studio. Yeah. I take the lid off of one of my bins, which, of which I have many. <laughs> It's true. Of every piece of paper and coffee cozy and everything, people have given me gifts and I keep the wrapping paper and I open a bin of that and just look through and find some colors that I'm excited about or some textures. And then just opening a sketchbook or journal and just starting to tear up some of that stuff, put it together and Immediately, I'm absorbed and I'm interested in yeah. what I'm doing. I'm interested in the materials. I love it's a tactile experience as well as a visual experience. And so 
that to me is sort of the ideal way to spend a little bit of time. And the other thing I love is when my stomach growls to get me out of it, you know, when I'm doing that and suddenly I realize I'm hungry. Instead yeah. of the other way around, which sometimes happens that I'm eating to avoid or whatever, and all I'm thinking sure. about is, is snacking. So tell me that, that experience of being so in it because I'm just so interested in, in what I'm doing and not for the product or anything, just for the yeah. experience of looking through stuff that I've collected and remembering. Oh, and yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's a memory experience, it's a tactile experience, it's visual experience, it's, that's, that's ideal. Well, that's cool. And I, I find that uh, for me, I come down, I also start with coffee in the morning and uh, maybe play with the cat. I try to do that in the mornings because Blossom She deserves Paul it. Deserves play, just like we do. And uh, come down, do some stretching, maybe a little bit of meditation, and then get into writing. And ideally, a good session is when you get started and suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, it's eight o'clock. Same thing, stomach rumbling. You know, I, I need, to, need to get on with the day. But while I'm in it, I, there are a few things that happen. And one is that I, I'm able to free associate better. So things that I've been thinking about for this particular novel, for example, things will surface that I forgot about. It's like, all oh, right, I can make these connections here. And, and your, my mind is more open to that sort of stuff than being all uptight. Like, oh, I got to do this perfect thing. And uh, the other piece of it, too, is that I'm not trying to make the perfect sentence or the perfect paragraph. I'm, I'm more interested in creating an overall scene that I know I can come back to later and tighten up and do whatever I need to do, but really just kind of capturing. I, I feel like when you're in that state, it's easier to get the thing that's in your head out onto paper because you're not, you're not consciously worried about if it's good or not. Right. Or any of that kind of stuff. So we're talking about flow state, obviously, and um, it's an it's an interesting thing. You know, as we were planning our episodes and we started digging into this, you know, we we talked a lot about what is it that we like so much about being in that state where everything falls away. I, I think one of the things that I really liked is you know you had mentioned that it's just it's you're you're in the now. You're not thinking about earlier. You're not thinking about later. You're just very present. And of course, that ties in with all the stuff that has come really to the consciousness over the last, I don't know, for some people, it's probably been millions of years. But right. for, for <laughs> I think the large majority of people, maybe the last five to 10 years about mindfulness and, and just... And even particularly the last year, right? Well, so, absolutely, with COVID and yeah. the, the quarantine. Um, I was just thinking that meditation, flow state, I never practiced formal, I practice formal meditation more now. Mm -hmm. I never did in the past, but I feel like this was definitely my way of meditating. So for those who are oh, meditation phobic, because I do, I talk to a lot of friends that say, oh, no, no, I can never sit there and think about nothing for five minutes. My, my brain well, is too worry, active. Don't worry, your brain won't let you think about nothing for five minutes. <laughs> exactly. And so meditation kind of carries this weight of, yeah. you know, you have to be a guru or something mm -hmm. to be able to do it correctly. And there's all this monkey mind that, that tells you you're doing it wrong or whatever. But I realize that my art practice for me has been a form of meditation to manage particularly anxiety. And, and anxiety is all about worrying about what's going to happen. You know, they talk about depression being more worried about what's happened, or not worried, but thinking more about what's happened in the past and anxiety being more about anticipating scary things. And so for me, that flow state has been a way to manage that. 
Awesome. And I, I want to come back to that in a second because I have, a, I have a question for you that just struck me for the first time in our time together. It's like, ah, oh. um, but I don't want to get into it just yet because <laughs> that's going to be in the Ooh. who gives a right. crap. Why, why do I even care about the flow state? No, 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 you're not. You're doing, you're, that's awesome. Um, but it just made me think of this question. I was like, oh. So anyway, stay tuned for that. Um, yes, I'm. I'm on the edge of my seat too. <laughs> oh boy, now twenty four years. <laughs> you just thought of something. I don't know about you, but I'm usually late to the game on a lot of these things. Like I recognize that they exist, but actually, like consciously going, "Oh, this is flow state, and I want to achieve that." And it's like then suddenly get up tight because up, yeah. And and I think about you know the course of a day and. Flow state is not in any way, shape, or form limited to creativity or creative practice or any of that kind of stuff, right? We can be washing the dishes and we're just in the moment. It's like, oh, you know, I'm getting this sauce stain off the plate or the pot or whatever. And, and that's all you're thinking about or you're mowing the lawn or, I don't know, laundry folding is another good one. Yeah. Um, so you can get into the flow state in so many times or driving is another one where mm-hmm. sometimes you're not thinking about anything necessarily. You're just kind of driving and not zoning out because that's bad. It's frightening. Yeah. (laughs) But you're just kind of feeling the flow of the road. And I don't know. Anyway, that's just, uh, it's interesting because if if you get uptight about flow state in your creative practice, just remind yourself that, oh, I get into flow state all the time and it's not that, it's really not that difficult to get into it. Mm -mm. Um, And we'll get into that in a second too. The other couple things that you brought up I thought were really cool. One of them will bring up We'll talk about a little bit more, but um, I like the idea that you said when you come out of the flow state, you're recharged usually rather than exhausted because you're pumped about the fact that you were in there and you come out and you're like, oh my gosh, I just, going back to our past episode, I made that. Um, And when you're in the flow state, you're not thinking about whether it's hard or easy. You're just doing it. And it's, it's neither of those things. It, it just is. Anyway, I don't know if you want to talk any more about the recharging aspect of it, but I thought that was really cool because I don't think I've ever really thought about it that way before. I think it's a break. I just realized, I mean, as you were yeah. talking, I thought, ah, it's a break from my neuroticism. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Much like humor, laugh. There are so many things that do that for me, reading, really yeah. reading. I mean, my, my mom always used to comment about how absorbed I would get in books. And I think Again, that's a flow state. I'm Absolutely. completely on board. Well, when we that. talked about, uh, you mentioned movies, you know, getting ready for movies and, and there's, we're going to talk about rituals here in a sec, but the idea that you go to it and you're not, you go to it without judgment, except for being excited about the prospect of it. And we were talking about like, man, it'd be cool if you could figure out a way to do that with your creative practice as opposed to bringing your emotional oh. ball of twine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> lugging that, rolling it behind you or, or in front of you like a dung beetle if you're into that sort of thing. Um, I'm not into dung beetles. The, They're very cool, but also creepy a little. Yeah. <laughs> but that ball is so but, spherical but yeah. of dung. <laughs> They're amazing. My dung emotions. <laughs> no, no, we're not beating ourselves up here today. Um, anyway, so I think that's really cool, though, and I like the idea of the recharging and coming out of it more exhilarated than just like, oh, my God, that was a slog, a knockdown drag out where I had to fight for every word or every brush stroke. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about Hamilton. We went to see Hamilton oh, yeah. in early 2019, long ago. Before and, the S hit the fan. Yeah. And 
Really? I, I feel like that's two of the most flow state hours I've ever spent. My father lay dying. I, you know, didn't know if I would be able to enjoy myself, but we'd been listening to the soundtrack and I, during that show, I don't feel like I was in my body. I was just 100% absorbed the whole time. Yeah. It was amazing. And we all just felt exhilarated afterwards. And we didn't even have particularly good seats or anything. It was just, <laughs> no. I'm so fascinated with performance and, you know, just, oh, it was amazing. Which, again, I think really speaks to the fact that flow state is not this mystical thing. It's just, it's just a thing. It's part of the human condition, yeah. really. And it doesn't have to involve you coming up with a product. That's you right. Know, it can oh. be you absorbing someone else's product or, you know. Well, I mean. Right. And that's why flow state is so awesome because you're not concerned with any of that. You're just in the moment without any preconceived notions or anything. So how do I know when I'm in the flow state? What happens when I recognize that? Or how do I recognize that? Oh, you only recognize it after. Right. As soon as you after recognize it's gone. it, it's like, <laughs> hey, I'm in the flow state. And then you're like, I'm no longer oh, no. in the flow state. <laughs> Right. And, and so that's, I, I just find that just hilarious. And we, I think, talked about this in an earlier episode. And Ginger and I talk about this a lot. It's like, oh my God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then, you know, you like if you're walking on stilts, you're like, I'm not walking on stilts. I'm doing it. And you fall over. Um, hopefully, you're not walking on stilts often. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe that is somebody's thing. That's probably, that is somebody's thing because people are out there doing it, which is cool. Just terrifying. Anyway, I, I just, I think it's such a weird thing that you, once you realize that it's over. Can you um, catch the wind? Can you hold a rainbow in your pocket? Put a rainbow in your pocket? Such as Mangflow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the question is, well, okay, we, we recognize that it exists. It happens all the time, but who cares? What's the real benefit of flow state other than you've lost an hour of your life that you, don't, <laughs> you vaguely remember happening? And so, you know, again, in our journeys, there, there are a number of reasons, such as from a creative practice standpoint, I think the things that really resonate with me, that the benefits of it are, are, A, the greater enjoyment and fulfillment, because otherwise, again, why are you doing it? Which is part and parcel with another benefit is the greater intrinsic motivation. Like, so the more you get into the flow state, the more you derive your motivation from inside as opposed to those exterior things that we've talked about, right. like the fame and the what other things, uh, why should people care about flow state? Well, managing anxiety, not even just anxiety, but kind of managing the emotional mo roller coaster of life. Yeah. A feel good. It's a moments that you're spending feeling good. Yeah. And so better. that reminds me of the question I was going to ask you. You'd mentioned that when you're in that state, your art helps you, your creative practice helps you manage anxiety. And I was curious if that is a byproduct or an intent. For you, like, because I, in my mind, to you've never expressed it. Oh well, I, I cope with art versus right. I really like doing art, but it just happens also to all that other stuff that has my mind buzzing throughout the day goes away. It's fascinating because it was completely unintentional early on. Looking back on it now, I see it as a coping mechanism for ever, including when I was little. Ah, right on. And now I use it with more intentionality partly because I make my living doing it. But I think I'm, I'm definitely much more aware of, although it's still an unintentional, I, I think about 
you know, my Boobs and Wombs series, which was done in, in an incredible state of flow for a couple of months getting ready for a, a certain show. And I definitely had a lot of that. I mean, I look, I have, I've written about this a little bit that I woke up kind of, I finished all these paintings and now, and they've hung in our house because COVID hit and then I didn't show yeah. them to anybody, but they've been here <laughs> with us. And I, I'm absolutely fascinated with them because I see that I was in an intuitive, uh, kind of unknowing state. And yet it's a state that's informed by years of practicing painting. <laughs> right. And it, there was the intent behind it. Even though you want to achieve the flow state, still having a goal or a direction right. to help guide it is important too, as opposed to just like, yeah, I'm just going to see what happens and there will be. But And um, even in that case, that was a coping with grief. I lost both yeah. of my parents within a, a fairly short time. And I was using art to cope with that and doing my, you know, doing paintings of my mom's ceramics mm -hmm. to this day, it still comforts me and yeah. brings me closer and is a way to, yeah, process. It's awesome. The, and the other cool thing is that we were talking about yesterday, we, we did a long drive yesterday. And as always, we talked about a lot of this stuff. We mentioned before, we're also doing some, some work, some financial work, money work, just in our personal lives and, and just general constant uh, life maintenance stuff. And, and it all kind of intertwines with each other as far as all these things go. Anyway, just the, the whole connectedness of, of how the things that you do in your creative practice can spill over into your regular life and help you there just as much as it can help you in your creative practice. Yeah. And what we'll be linking to several things in the show notes. So check those out and you'll find some of the things that we're talking about here. But one of the other things I wanted to point out from a creative standpoint is as you enter the flow state more often, you get better at what you do. So there's skill increase. Um, there's your learning. And then the best part is that it also is inspirational and basically creativity begets creativity, you know, the more you can get into the flow state, which is awesome. And I feel like that's true. You know, once you kind of fully commit to a thing and use that, those markers, like sort of that, I don't want to say euphoria, it's not the right word, but that excitement that you get when you come out of the flow state and you did this thing, it inspires you to do it again. Yes. And if you can also focus on the parts of your creative practice that bring you joy, even consciously, not just unconsciously, it makes it easier to get in there again as well. So just all this sort of positive feedback loop, yeah, which is, I, I don't know, I think that's super cool. And so I guess the big question at this point is like, well, okay, we know we get into the flow state all the time, even if we don't necessarily intend to, we know that it has benefits. And we know that we like the feeling when we're in the flow state or after the flow state. So how do we get there more often? I think that's a big question. And I think it's interesting because there, people, people do their creative practice in so many different ways. You know, for Ginger and for me, I think both of us having a fairly regular routine helps a lot. Definitely. You're also listening to an interview with Anne Lamott, oh, author of Bird by so Bird and, and a billion other books that are awesome. But she, you know, her whole thing is, you know, button chair. And uh, I think Eric Meisel, too, he was talking about the, uh, it's from Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's, uh, you know, what, suit up and show up. Yeah. You know, and, and Stephen King, you know, the boys in the basement are just waiting for you to show up. So for, again, for us, we have creative time and 
sometimes we're better honoring that creative schedule yes. more than others, which is an interesting thing too. And that's all, <laughs> that's a whole other episode, <laughs> but it, but it is, you know, there, it's something we're just that's keeping you coming back. Well, there's so much, you know, that goes into it and there's so much that's all interconnected. So yes. it's hard to talk about one without talking a little bit about the other or a lot about the, those other pieces too. But ultimately committing to your creative time, you know, we talked about however you come to terms with starting a creative practice or evolving your creative practice, having that scheduled time, that sacrosanct that is yours and yours alone is is super key. And so once you, like, say you have to really fight for your half hour in the evening, just for argument's sake, once you have it, it's up to you to honor that and show up and go after it. You and know, even it, if you screw around for the first 25, that's right. you're honoring the time. And I was just thinking about all these money books we've been reading, say, Pay yourself first. I think it's really true of creativity. Absolutely. Paying yourself first. I have for years thought that I'm the kind of person that needs to have the laundry done, the kitchen clean, everybody fed before I am allowed to do my creativity. And now I finally realized that my creativity for me feeds the rest of that. Absolutely. Yeah. On days that I don't write, I always feel a little anxious, a little at loose ends, and I make a club and beat myself with it. But, you know, I, right. I beat myself up over not doing it, and I know I always feel better, yet somehow uh, there Same I am. Same with exercise. But anyway, so committing yeah. to your creative time is, is huge, because if you sit down to do it, it's amazing how often the muse shows up. Ginger alluded to coming down in the studio in the morning and listening to some quiet meditative music and just having this ambiance. So, Minimizing the distractions mm -hmm. is important. You know, the big ones, of course, in this day and age are digital distractions. And I know you talked about it before where you can, you know, have Instagram alert you. You know, are there any other things that you do with your phone? Is I mean... Well, airplane mode. Airplane mode's a good one, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I mentioned, you know, I use uh, internet blocker apps. And I don't need them all the time, but there are times, I, like right now, I'm in a, at a place where I recognize that I kind of need that because I'm futzing around and... And also sometimes music works for me and sometimes it, it, it's too distracting. I can't focus. Exactly. And Lamont yesterday talked about yeah. never listening to music, always having silence. And works so for her. Uh, basically it was, uh, it was, Anne Lamont was on Tim Ferriss. So Tim Ferriss, author of The 4-Hour Workweek, he was struggling with his book and he wound oh. up uh, reading Bird by Bird. He did that and that really helped him finish his book that wound up, of course, selling a, a bazillion copies. and launching him into the stratosphere. But I just thought it was really cool because that was the first time that he, I think, isn't it the first time he talked to her yes. about that? And just, it was just really neat because here's this guy who's super successful and, you know, he struggled and he found words of wisdom in this other person's book who ha has had her own struggles. Anyway, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yes. And, um, Highly encourage you to listen to it. It's just, it's wonderful. It really is. And his reverence for her is obvious and yeah. it's just, it's beautiful. And so, uh, so minimizing distractions, whatever that looks like for you, you know, sometimes we, we can't always minimize everything. And this next one, uh, rituals, right? There are some things like, so we have our kind of daily ritual, which kind of helps us get to the point where we sit down in the chair and, or stand before the easel and create. And I think with the distractions and the rituals, they have pros and cons, right? So you can develop crutches that then keep you, they can become avoidance. Yeah, absolutely. Tactics. Oh, well, 
you know, the temperature is one degree warmer than it normally is in my... I don't have the right pen. Yeah, exactly. Where's my favorite brush? Where's my color that I love so much? That leads us to really the most important way to enter the flow state. The secret. We'll reveal it in an hour from now. No, <laughs> uh, it is to get started. And we've talked about this before. It's, it's just show up and get started because once you kind of allow yourself to get involved with whatever you're creating, whether it's just like a writing exercise or collage to warm up, you'll find that it's easy to fall into it. So getting started is the 100% number one FDA approved tip yes. for uh, entering the flow state. We have a handy acronym, S-T-A-R-T. What does that stand for? <laughs> Sit uh. the ass right there. Yeah. All right. Okay, we didn't think that one That's through. trademarked. You can't have it. <laughs> um, we'll have to put profanity rating on this one. That's your big takeaway for this episode. One last thing we wanted to point out too is um, there is a fellow, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He wrote a book in 1990 called Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. I think what it gets into from what I've seen so far is how much flow is more equated with happiness than other things. Because there's a video we're linking to as well, and it talks about, yeah, you buy a bigger, like there's only a certain amount of money that equates to happiness. And it's not, not nearly as much as you'd think. And what really winds up equating with happiness is experiences. And the video talks about how there's anxiety at the high end and, and boredom at the low end. So if, you're, if it's too challenging, you're going to be overwhelmed and not be able to hit the sweet spot. And if, if you're not challenged, you're going to be bored. And so you want to find that space in between where you're challenged enough because that helps you learn and that helps you get better. I love that it's called the psychology of optimal experience yes. because it's not the psychology of happiness because happiness has become such a loaded, yeah. loaded word it's at in our this constitution. point. The optimal experience includes everything. Yeah. Good, bad, everything is part of experiencing life. Absolutely. And when you do push your boundaries, there are moments of frustration, moments of fear, moments of like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. Again, if you get started and things aren't perfect, you'll forget all about how imperfect they are as you fall into your work and... uh and I just love the, I love that idea that, you know, you're just, I, I find that if you're willing to examine your creative practice, you'll find that it really is, is about way more. Yeah, it's your life practice. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's wonderful and, and awesome. And if you're willing to get all introspective, you're going to have a great time. And, uh, it's a wild ride. Hopefully, hopefully listening to this podcast gives you a little bit of that or permission to get in there. So anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Hope you keep listening and we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.